Leslie's is bringing back Pro Days. Leslie's Pro customers can take advantage of chemical early buys, liquid subscription services in selected markets, and the newly launched Relager Rewards program. Ask your local store or salesperson to learn more. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of this podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over how long you should run your pool pump. And specifically, I'm going to go over reasons why you should run it a specific amount of time based on the circumstances. And there's going to be a lot of factors I'm going to go over in here. So stay tuned because I think you're going to really learn a lot about circulation and the actual true turnover of the pool water in a pool. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's <laughs> Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Also receive priority service, enhanced rebate programs, a discount on your general liability insurance through SPA, a discount on your pool riding software through Skimmer, and an opportunity to co-brand with Leslie's on your social media, website, truck, and more. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And you've probably heard all kinds of different theories out there or even like rules of thumb. Like for instance, if, you know, the sun is out for 12 hours, you run your pool 12 hours. And if the sun's out for eight hours, you run it for eight hours. Or depending on how many gallons the pool is, you're going to run it for X amount of time. And there's, of course, obvious formulas out there. You know, if you find out the amount of water in your pool, the gallons, you can calculate a turnover rate based on the gallons per minute, which is sometimes hard to get unless you have a flow meter. So let me back up a little bit and start with the very basics here. And that is that, you know, truly to get your turnover rate in the pool, you have to know the gallons per minute. And without a flow meter on your pump, there's really no way of doing this, especially with a variable speed pump. Now I'll give you, again, a rule of thumb here, and that's 55 gallons per minute is probably about the average turnover in a pool with a one and a half horsepower single speed pump with a average size filter and with, you know, normal plumbing with the turns, curves here and there coming out of the return line going through a heater and things of that nature. So 50 to 55 to 60 gallons per minute. So I picked 55 gallons per minute as kind of like the middle there. So it would take the gallons per minute. And you would simply just divide it by how many gallons of water are in your pool. To find that out, you can use different apps online. I think the poolcalculator.com is probably one of the better ones. You just type in your pool size, the shape of it, you know, the average depth, and they'll give you the average or the estimated gallons of your pool. And then you would just take that and divide it by the gallons per minute of water flowing, and you'll get the runtime. So I'll give you a basic example of just really this elementary formula Let's say that you had a 10,000-gallon pool and that your pool pump would pump 55 gallons per minute of water to the system. When I say all the water going through the system or turnover or cycle, I mean the water going from the pool into the filter and back out again. And that's kind of the basic term we're using here for circulation and getting the water through the filter. So the water in the pool going through the filter and then back out again into the pool And if that water goes through that filter once, that would be one cycle or one turnover. It goes through twice, that's two turnovers or two cycles. 
and you kind of get the idea. So I'll take the 10,000 gallons of water, I'll divide it by 55 gallons per minute. That gives me 181 minutes, which is a little bit over three hours of runtime to circulate that water with a single speed pump running at 3450 RPMs, pumping 55 gallons of water per minute through the filter and back out again. So three hours is the runtime for that to take place. Now you're saying, well, I'm running my pool too long then in that case, it should be three hours a day. But wait, there's a lot of factors here that go into this equation. It's not a cut and dry mathematical formula here. There's a lot of different factors. In fact, there's a study that was done and I can point you to the study if you want to do further research. It's in the Journal of Water and Health. And it's kind of one of those scientific things. It's called the quantitative analysis of swimming pools, recirculation system efficiency. And you can find this, I guess I can put the link, I'll put the link in the YouTube version and I'll put the link in this podcast here for you. And this article is saying that even if you had a system and with this, you know, with the right hydraulics and with the right pump and the speed, that only 63% of the water actually goes through the filtration system during the first cycle. Now think about that logically. If you if you look at a pool logically, and let's just stick with this 10,000 gallon pool, I mean, the water is moving in the pool and it's being pulled into the skimmer and it's being pushed out the return jet. So there's a lot of areas that just aren't moving. There's areas by the step that maybe aren't circulating. There's areas in the deep end that aren't circulating. And so just looking at it logically, you know, to say that all the water is going to go through your pool into your filter in one turnover is not going to happen just based on physics and logic. So 63% is the number they got through the first cycle. Now you may be wondering, well, if that's the case, I'll just run the pool instead of three hours, six hours, and it'll give me two cycles. And that's definitely going to get me, you know, 120% of the water through there mathematically. But they found that there's a decay curve. And so basically the second time the water goes through, you're going to get 86% of it through the filter. And that makes logical sense too, because again, there's some areas that didn't go through the first time. And if those areas didn't go through the first time, they probably will go through the second time, of course, because now the pool's running longer. But who's to say that's going to be 100%? Well, their study says it's not. And then you're going to say, well, then I'll run it for nine hours. And for sure, you know, 63%, 86%, this will definitely get me to 100% of the water. In reality, their study shows that it gets you to 95%. So I don't think there's really any true way to get 100% of the pool water through the filter by running it for a certain amount of time based on the study. And again, you can pull it up. It's a water and health journal. And it's been it's a pretty in-depth scientific study done in 2018 and where they've gone through all this and the amount of actual water that goes through the filter. There's some math equations here that you can, if you're into math, you can definitely look at those and kind of get how they got those numbers. And there's figures and graphs here in this particular uh, journal. And definitely it's interesting because it kind of shows and it kind of proves uh, some people in the industry have been saying for a long time, Bob Lowry is one included, that one cycle of water is not technically all the water through the filter. And this is something that I believed also that, you know, once you had the pool running for a certain amount of time, all that water is going to go through the filter. So this article kind of debunks that false belief that you can get all the pool water through the filtration and back out again by just running the pool a certain amount of time based on the pool, how many gallons are in the pool and the gallons per minute 
and the runtime of the pool. And if you read the introduction of the study, what their whole study was for is to determine in a swimming pool if you could change the flow with different things like modifying different parameters like the inlet outlet configuration, turnover rate, the extent of mixing within the pool, and all these things. They use salt tracers also to kind of do the flow and the decay curve. All this was to see if there's some way you can run a pool so that all the water gets through the filtration system. And to save you time in reading the article, I'll just read a conclusion here and it says, uh, the primary objective was to study the quantitative analysis of the hydraulic efficiency of a 1.25 benchmark scale swimming pool to determine whether recirculation efficiency could be enhanced by modifying the turnover period or flow patterns. The results showed that the removal of salt tracer from the system per turnover period could not be significantly altered by changing the turnover period, inlet, outlet configurations, or extent of internal mixing, or the or extent of internal mixing. The results could be modeled using an exponential—I can't read here—exponential decay model, and that's the one that I mentioned here: the 63%, 86%, and the 95% for the first, second, and third turnover periods. So again, they're saying there's not much you can do to change the recirculation of a pool. That's just kind of how the pool works, and that's something we have to live with in the industry. That you're probably not going to get all the water through the filter. Although you would want to, that's not probably going to happen in even a lab type test like this here. And the reason I spent so much time at the beginning with this study is to show you that it, there's reasons why you need to have pool turnover. And the number one reason why everyone says, oh, the pool has to circulate is because of, you know, viruses and bacteria in the water. And this is the case for sure in a commercial pool setting. Or in a setting where you're having a pool party and you're having neighbor kids in there, other people that you don't know in the pool, for someone using their own personal backyard pool, which is you, your wife, and your your kids, it's not really as extremely critical as it is for having the other people that are foreign in your pool. And the bather to bather contamination is what you're trying to avoid. And I think having people come into your pool or a commercial setting like an apartment complex or a hotel is the big danger here and why most commercial pools run for 24 hours. If you're having a pool party, I highly recommend that you would run your pool at a, if you have a variable speed pump, run it at 3,400 or 3,300 RPMs for 24 hours before the party, keep the pool running during the party, and then running run it after the party to circulate that water. Because based on this, it's not going to be enough to run it just one cycle and you want to prevent bather to bather disease in the pool for sure. And so that's why running the pool longer will get most of the water through the filter. And according to this study, three cycles is the optimal amount of time. So if you had that 10,000 gallon pool running at nine hours or 12 hours before the party would be optimal running it during the party and running it for that nine to 12 hour period after i'm not sure why i'm saying 12 hours because nine hours would be sufficient for three cycles but the longer i guess you run it the better and i'm just trying to give you the idea that running the pool longer is better so in all reality the longer you can run your pool pump the better off you are in preventing bather to bather disease transmission now if no one uses your pool but you and your wife and your kids then you don't have that risk that much i mean you guys are familiar with your own germs, your house is full of your own familiar bacteria, and it's not something that you really need to worry about. 
I think the biggest factor is having the proper free chlorine level in the pool so that it can actually kill the viruses and bacteria at a quick rate. And this is achieved by having, you know, enough chlorine in the pool to make it effective. I just recently did a podcast on the effective level of free chlorine in the pool. And you can refer to that one for more information about what chlorine level you should have in your pool. And I think with a variable speed pump, you have a really good option to run the pool for a very long time and save electricity. One of the biggest things I think that people are always crying about is if I run the pool longer, my electricity bill is going to go higher. And that's a truth. It's going to happen. You're going to be in the higher tier because your pool pump is the second biggest appliance in your home after your air conditioner. But if you have a variable speed pump, you can run that thing 24 hours a day and not really use that much electricity or use only a fraction of what you would with a single speed pump. For example, if you wanted to create the safest swimming pool environment for your family, you could run it at 1800 RPMs for, let's say, 15 hours, which is about, you know, 130 watts as it's running. It's kind of hard to transfer, convert watts to kilowatt hours based on your usage. But let's say 1800 RPMs, 15 hours, that's 130 watts every hour that it's running, which is like having 100 watt light bulb on or a little more than 100 watt light bulb on. And then the last nine hours, you can run it at 2400 RPMs. And that's probably going to bring you up to like 200 and something watts. So all that runtime together equals maybe a couple hours of running your standard speed pump at 3450 RPMs. So you're running the pool 24 hours, you're getting the water circulated, and you're saving money on your energy bill. And I think the longer you run your pool, of course, the better in the season. Now, if it's the off season, no one's using the pool. There's really no reason to run it, you know, three or four cycles. It's not logical. So if no one's using the pool and the pool's just there as a decoration in the wintertime, of course, you can cut the runtime down because there's no need for the pool to be running. The water's cold anyway, and a lot of things don't do well in cold water. And the chlorine tends to hold a lot better in the cold water. Here in California, we have our pools open all year round. And sometime around December, when it cools off slightly here, the water temperature drops down into the 50s. You know, and by January, it's in the 50s. And the chlorine usage is really minimal at that point. And you're going to find that it's easy to maintain. And you may not need to run your pool as long. But the bottom line is, if you run your pool longer, it's better for you. It makes the pool safer. And it also makes for better water quality. The other end of the other side of that coin is the water quality. So if you run your pool too little, you could have algae forming in the pool because it's not circulating well. You could have problems with cloudy water. So filtering the pool longer is better. And having a well-running filtration system. One thing they mentioned at the end of the study is that the only thing that can make this better I mentioned the fact that it doesn't really matter how long you turn over the pool or how you position the inlet and outlet in the pool. But one thing they did say is that if you can increase the cartridge and sand filter efficiency by 20 to 90%, that's a pretty big gap there, it'll actually make a difference with the the curve here, the 63, the 86, and the 95% curve that they had here. And they said the way to improve this is to improve the filtration of the pool, which is kind of logical. I think cartridge filters are probably at the apex of their efficiency. You know, the Plinko uh, cartridges have really improved the filtration of the cartridge filter. Sand filters have primarily been really, 
you know, lacking in filtration. I was going to say bad, but they, they're effective. But how can you improve the sand filter? I guess you can use other elements in there besides sand, and you can get a larger filter. But the filter itself seems to be one of the factors, and I'm always telling people to upgrade their filters whenever they can. Get the largest filter for your pool and get and make sure that the elements in there are working well. Defilter, the grids are in good shape, cartridges are in good shape. And that kind of proves my idea or theory that the filtration is probably the biggest factor in the circulation, regardless of a single speed or rail speed pump or the amount of cycles you have the water going through the pool. If the filter is substandard, you can run that thing 24 hours and it's not going to really do any good with having, again, running it less with a really nice well work. I should mention what I believe is the ideal time to run your pool. Now, if you're not going to run it three cycles, which... You know, most people don't run their pool three cycles of water through. But the most ideal time, in my opinion, to run the pool is during the middle of the day when it's the hottest. This will get the chemicals circulated. This will circulate the pool at the hottest point of the day. So in my area, I have all my pools coming on at 9 a.m., running into 5 p.m. or later, depending on the pool size and if it has a variable speed pump and all those factors. But for sure, it's running all during the day. I'm not one of these that's really big on running the pool at night to save money on electricity because in most cases, you're not really being billed by the time of usage. Although in my area, you can get on Southern California Edison's time of usage plan, but then you're penalized if you use electricity during the times of usage when you're not supposed to. I believe that's 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. is the peak time of usage and you have to use everything after that or minimize your usage during those periods. Now, if you work the graveyard shift, that's probably not going to be effective for you because you're going to be home all day running your air conditioner and doing laundry. And anyone that's at home during the day or the weekend is going to have problems with the time of usage kind of billing. I've had a customer try it before and it was not effective. He wasn't really saving any money. And then he wasn't doing laundry till 11 o'clock at night. It was just getting ridiculous. So most people aren't, most power bills are not calculated by time of usage. So run it during the day. Doesn't really matter what time you run it. The kilowatt hours are based on your monthly usage. And running it during the day really helps prevent a lot of problems with the pool. Besides that, running at night, you don't know what's going to happen if there's a problem or a leak or something goes wrong. You can't see it. So running it during the day is much more optimal. I will say I'm a big fan of variable speed pumps. And if you have a single speed pump and you're running your pool on that right now, having a VS pump installed will save you a lot of money and you can run your pool longer. The turnover rate is less. So if you have a VS pump running at 2,400 RPMs, you're probably only getting about 40 gallons per minute of water through your pool. You'd have to have a flow meter again on your particular equipment to get the exact flow. But it's going to be less than a single speed pump running at full speed. And you may think that having it running at 1,800 RPMs, well, well, if you're getting 55 gallons a minute at uh, 3,450 RPMs, then at 1,800 RPMs, your pool's only going to get about 28 gallons per minute, but it may get a little bit more than that. It just depends on your pool. And these numbers, the gallons per minute and the RPM or the speed of the pool don't directly translate. So you can't really just divide things in half to get your numbers. And these are one of the things why a flow meter is really important. I really recommend the FlowViz flow meter. If you have a Jandy check valve, you can just retrofit it in there. And for me, I think these are one of the most accurate and long lasting durable flow meters. I have two on my pool right now that I put on there about six years ago or seven years ago and they're easy to read still they haven't de- degraded from the sun 
there hasn't been any cracks or problems with them and they're extremely accurate. Now, why do I have two flow meters? I have it on there just to test the theory of is the flow much different right in front of the pump or before the filter and heater or after coming out of the heater. So I have one after the heater and I have one right above the pump to see if there's a big difference in the flow of the pool and there isn't. I think it's like one gallon uh, per minute different coming through the filter and out the heater versus the flow meter that I have right above the pump. So you can put the flow meter on different locations and of course the manufacturer has a on their website they they have some ideal locations for the flow meter. And at the beginning I know I cited this study about even if you have optimal flow in one cycle you're only getting 63% of the water through your system and therefore it doesn't really matter, you know, I don't think it really matters how accurate your runtime is and how accurate your gallons per minute or your pool size. I don't think you need to waste a lot of time thinking about that. You just have to get something within reason. I mean, if you had a 20,000 gallon pool, you don't want to run it three hours a day. Reasonably, that's not going to get with a single speed pump. That's not going to get the water through. And certainly running a 20, running a 20,000 gallon pool with the VS pump at 1800 RPMs for eight hours is not going to get enough water to the filter. Just logically, it's not going to work. So if you get close to some logical numbers, you know, 20,000 gallon pool, you're running it 10 hours a day to get all the water through with a single speed pump, or you're running at 20 hours a day, 1800 RPMs, and then 2600 RPMs on a low speed and high speed, then you're reasonably sure to get at least one cycle through. And at the end of the day, you have to remember why you're circulating this water, and that's to prevent bather to bather disease transmission. So if you're not having your pool being used by a lot of people, it's just your primary family. And if you do have guests come over, of course, you want to boost the chlorine level. You also want to boost the runtime before the party, during the party, and after the party. And of course, if you have a commercial account, you're running that thing 24 hours a day anyway to make sure that there's no bather, bather the bather disease transmission there. And you're also running the pool for a logical amount of time to prevent algae from growing, to make sure the pool is circulating the chemicals in the pool, to make sure the pool is not turning cloudy. All of these are things that should be on the forefront of your mind as far as runtime versus the fact that, hey, if I run the pool eight hours a day, 100% of the water is going to go through the pool, go back out, and the pool is going to be safe to swim in. The other factor, again, is the chlor free chlorine level. And real quickly, Bob Lowry's formula is that the pool's free chlorine should be at 7.5% of the pool's cyanuric acid level. So if your cyanuric acid level is 50 parts per million, then your free chlorine level should be 3.75 or 4 parts per million to make sure the pool is safe to swim in. Again, his formula is... The free chlorine level should be 7.5% of the cyanuric acid level in the pool to have the adequate free chlorine to kill viruses and bacteria. So that's a big factor, I think, in all of this, besides trying to figure out if you can get the right amount of flow and setting your timer right and setting your runtime and getting the flow of the pool. All that, according to this study, doesn't really do much because you're never going to get all the water through the pool anyway in one cycle. But having some reasonable run times, I think, is the important factor. And knowing why you're running the pool and why you need the water to circulate through the filter in the first place is an important factor. With that said, I have a lot of podcasts on variable speed pumps. If you're wanting to listen to those, just go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, 
in the search box, just type in VS Pump, and then all the episodes about the variable speed pumps will come up there. And I think you'll really benefit from upgrading to a variable speed pump. If you have not already, I recommend upgrading to save on electricity and to be able to run the pool longer without spending a lot of money. That's one of the main factors why people don't run their pool long is that they feel like they're wasting electricity, which they are unless they're using a variable speed pump logically. And if you're interested in my coaching program, you can learn more about that at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.